0: We'll post that up on the Facebook page and we'll get some more discussion. I look forward to doing that again next week. Coming up after the latest news for Pembrokeshire, it's The West Files with Steve Parsons and Ronnie J here on Pure West Radio. From sort of Pembrokeshire, from Pembrokeshire, this is Pure West Radio.
1: I'm Charlie James and here's the latest for Pembrokeshire. 87 coronavirus cases were recorded across the Hewell Dar Health Board area. Yesterday, the vast majority of cases were recorded in Carmarthenshire, which had 72 confirmed cases, Pembrokeshire with 5 cases and Keredigian with 10. To date, the three counties have had 2,432 cases. That's 524 here in Pembrokeshire, 1,689 in Carmarthenshire and 219 in Cyridigion. Dr Ellery Davies, the Incident Director for COVID-19 Outbreak Response at Public Health Wales, is urging the public to stick to the rules which are vital to help us regain control of the virus to protect the NHS and save lives. Although national and local measures have made a difference, further action is now needed. Cases continue to rise in Wales. Hospital admissions are increasing including those into critical care and sadly so are the numbers of people dying from the virus. Under the rules people must stay at home except for very limited purposes. They must not visit other households or meet other people they do not live with. Certain businesses and venues including bars, restaurants and most shops have closed. Secondary schools will provide learning online only for the week after half term other than for children in year 7 and 8. Primary schools and childcare settings will however remain open. During the fire break it is still important to look after your health and you can continue to attend appointments and seek help for urgent medical issues. Thanks to a £14,000 donation from the League of Friends, two bladder scanners have been bought for Withybush Hospital. The two scanners are a huge boost for Ward 12 and in the Adult Clinical Decisions Unit. They are non-invasive, painless and simple to use and help with the early detection of bladder problems, reducing the risk of infection. Bob Longland, the chairman of the League of Friends, said it's a difficult time for the NHS and we wanted to help. We asked what was needed and both wards said these scanners would make a big difference, so we went ahead and funded them. A family drove all the way from Sussex to West Wales in the first hours of the Welsh firebreaker lockdown. During the early hours of Saturday, police pulled the car up on the A40 at Whitland. The officers said that despite being aware of the national lockdown, they travelled over five hours for a non-essential reason. The occupants were suitably advised and escorted out of the county. People are being asked to please keep the police phone lines clear for emergency calls. They stated that for information on travel restrictions, you can go online to gov.wales forward slash coronavirus as 999 handlers are unable to answer these questions for you. A web page has been set up to keep residents of Penale and the surrounding areas up to date with key information relating to the housing of asylum seekers at the MOD base in the village. Residents are being urged to check the page for updates which you can go online to at www.pembrokeshire.gov.uk forward slash hyphen community hyphen information which includes a list of frequently asked questions relating to the site. Pembrokeshire County Council leader David Simpson said hopefully the FAQs will answer some of the questions that are being asked and we will have the ability to update and add further information to the page as required. I'm Charlie James and you're up to date on Pure this West. This is
0: Pure West Radio
2: for Pembrokeshire from Pembrokeshire. People are strange when are
3: Faces look ugly when you're alone when when you're unwanted, streets are under. When you're down, when you're strained, faces come out of the rain. When you're strained, no one remembers your name. When you're strained, Strange, when strange, when
4: and welcome to The West Files, live from the haunted basement studios at Pure West Radio.
2: Hello. It's haunted
4: by you, isn't it, at the other side of the desk? Oh,
2: I'm still here, yes, I'm haunting <laughs> the other side of the desk. How are you still here? Why, why am I sitting so high up?
4: I don't know. It's like There must be about like 15 cushions on this um,
2: Well, that's okay, because it means I can see
4: you. (laughs) It does mean means Toby's a midget. (laughs) He has to sit very high on me. No. no, Otherwise, he can't see. Well, yeah, we've got a Halloween special tonight, because it's nearly Halloween. Um... How's your shopping going? Did you try and enjoy buying anything? No,
2: I'm, I'm just most disappointed. Did you, were you able to buy any period products? I don't need them anymore. But what I am most <laughs> upset about is that they said clothing was non essential. And I haven't yet seen anybody naked.
4: Uh, there was a bloke when into. his... Uh, I did yeah, see that, in yeah. In underpants, yeah. Yeah, but
2: that's uh, not good enough. Well, fair enough. <laughs> hey, we,
4: we have a, a very special guest with us tonight. Because yes. you've always asked me about uh, these... these um, people called parapsychologists have i mm.
2: oh yes i
4: have actually you yes. have haven't you yes I. so have. i thought i'll get a real live one
2: <laughs> well you caught it in a butterfly net
4: i caught it in a butterfly <laughs> net and i've uh, dragged it onto uh, the phone lines and this is actually Well oh, i've got to introduce him properly um, oh doctor doctor i said that twice deliberately cal cooper from Northampton University. Wow. He's a real parapsychologist. Isn't yeah. that right,
0: Cal? <laughs> yes, it is. And you've referred to me as a delicate butterfly. I like that.
4: <laughs> <laughs> well, Ronnie, Ronnie's always asking me, uh, what is a parapsychologist? Yeah. And what do they do? And why? Stuff like, and why? Yeah, why? Yeah. Why do people... I, I, so, uh, I thought, what, what better person to explain... Um, parapsychology than a parapsychologist Mm -hmm. so uh so first of all for the benefit of ronnie what is a parapsychologist
0: okay well most typically people will associate parapsychology with ghosts and hauntings and that person that goes in trying to look at the the scientific side of things because of popular media but if we rein that back in a parapsychologist would be someone typically based in academia at the universities who's interested in studying human experiences and potential abilities that appear to go beyond what conventional science seems to know. So something else is happening, on, uh, happening with this person or their experiences doesn't seem to fit the bill of what we know about psychological explanations or the other explanations, even though we're interested in those things, but something else might be going on beyond that and we want to learn more. So that's essentially what a parapsychologist is and does.
4: There we are. Do parapsychologists explore haunted houses?
0: Uh, now, as you and I both know, very rarely, uh, I, I think it's kind of the fingers on one hand and maybe a few extra fingers at most <laughs> but, um, <laughs> you know, there's been uh, over time, certainly parapsychologists that have had quite an interest in it, but it's going even further back, it's more our traditional psychical researchers, people that have been members of things like the Society for Psychical Research and the Ghost Club who have a very, imbac- very Background, some of them you know electrical engineers and various things like that they 've always had an interest in ghosts and hauntings they 've been members of the spr and they 've stuck with it and they 've done a lot of investigations of ghosts and hauntings they 've become named authorities because of that and because of them being members of things like the spr they 've typically mingled with parapsychologists, but very rarely is the university based parapsychologist noted for for being uh, the person that goes out there investigating ghosts and hauntings. There are a few. But certainly they're
4: interested. How do you become a parapsychologist? I mean, can you go to, can you go to university or school and learn parapsychology? Because I, 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 we've seen courses available, you know, and I've met people that have done a weekend's course in parapsychology or one of these online courses in parapsychology and in some instances even awarded themselves a doctorate in
0: parapsychology. Have you? Why have we never mentioned this before? <laughs> <laughs> this is such a hot topic. We need to get on this and put a stop to it. Yeah,
4: <laughs> we need to stop talking about it so often. But, yeah. but it, I mean, how do you become a parapsychologist? I, mean,
0: it, it, I don't think we need to stop talking about it. I mean, it is a frustrating issue um, because it's not a protected title. Um, anyone can call themselves a parapsychologist. Anyone can call themselves a psychologist or a counsellor um it's just there are consequences if you do so and then go out telling people that you are an authority within that profession um and and so that's the problem that i might explain that later as to why that is a problem but um yes there are loads of things on the internet there's loads of certificate mills and diploma mills that within a week or so you can get these things for just a few hundred pounds but there's a few hundred pounds for nothing you're not getting anything out of it anyone that uh, wanted to gain the, the status of parapsychologists typically went through some form of undergraduate degree, typically psychology, but we've got parapsychologists with backgrounds in anthropology and physics and history and philosophy. Um, and then what they would do after they've done that, gain themselves some grounding, maybe done a master's degree. Um, a lot of them uh, gravitated towards places like the University of Edinburgh and the Coesler unit. Um, Professor Bob Morris there saw 30 PhD students under his name, uh, where people went and specifically did this research degree where you can pick your own topic and you're studying it intensively for three years, four years, five years, maybe even more. We know people who have done it longer than that. And um, that is the thing that usually gives you that kind of that medal of honour amongst the the psychical research and parapsychology community that says, yes, you know, that's the kind of legitimate route. Um, But there are other people that, because of just their acquired knowledge, they've gained the status, and people were happy with that. Uh, People that spring to mind uh, are people like uh, D. Scott Rogo. He had an undergraduate degree in music, and he just read and read, and he gained his entire profession and working life on writing for things like Fate magazine, did a lot of writing for various parapsychology journals, did a lot of independent studies, was a member of all the various organizations, and so was his mentor, Raymond Bayless, who was a landscape painter and did things for H.P. Lovecraft as well, with all that kind of uh, painting as well. And so these people sometimes get the title of parapsychologist, and I don't think anyone's really disgruntled by that, because these people are just as knowledgeable in their area of parapsychology as, as anyone else, because they've either gone to the books and done loads and loads of reading and gone out there and done it, or they've gone through the academic route and, you know, they've forced themselves to sit down and study. Um, so that's the usual route and why is it a consequence about, you know, why the negative out- outcomes if people just call themselves it and, and they go online and get these qualifications? Uh, well, because typically they don't know what they're talking about, they haven't read, they don't know the full extent of the literature and they might be trying to console people that have had a bad experience at home, be it with unusual experiences they don't understand. It's traumatized them, they're not applying ethical standards, they're not looking at risk assessments when going in, they don't know how to counsel people, they aren't aware of the psychological consequences and how to deal with them. And also, when they're doing this stuff independently, that data goes nowhere. Not that the data they're collected is potentially of any use, but the SPR don't know about it, universities don't know about it, so they're really, you know, essentially a rogue trader, I suppose you could call them.
4: You mean just putting it onto Facebook Live isn't uh, an effective means of communicating your scientific discoveries into the paranormal
0: anymore? I hate to tell you this now, but um, yes, it's it's really not the forum in which to do it. (laughs) 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 I would suggest writing a nice, lovely report with some lovely highlighting and bold letters and maybe italics here and there. And then submit it somewhere for someone to scrutinise. You scrutinize it. in the margins. Oh yeah, right. that I always have. Oh yeah. yeah,
2: yeah. So why does somebody become a parapsychologist? Why did you become one? Or was it it went from something else? <laughs>
0: <laughs> why did I become? Okay. Because he was um, a rubbish actor. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'd still, you know, I'd still love to do that. I, and I think I kind of i found my niche in the fact that the university have now given me more roles and responsibilities with um, media outlet and um, recruitment and and going out and speaking to schools and and colleges and and doing um, radio or or TV um, where I want to. And um, I, I like that performing element where if you've got the knowledge and then you can display it passionately, it makes me think of people like Steve Irwin, and I was always fascinated by him. Um, I thought, wow, you know, some people think that this guy is absolutely crazy and he's just so energetic, but that was what was so addictive about Steve. Um, you know, when he was on TV, you, you somehow um, just absorbed all this knowledge about what he was doing with the snakes and the spiders and the crocodiles, but because he's so fascinated by it as well and, and the beauty within it, I I love the beauty of people having these unusual experiences and the history behind it and the dedication people have put in, and um so when I realized, uh, when I was going through schooling and stuff like that, and I, I was interested in acting, I went to the library quite often. I was reading everything on 40 in phenomena, so your Loch Ness Monster, your Bigfoot and your UFOs, things like that, through to haunting stuff. And that's where I was starting to learn about Harry Price, who I'm sure you're familiar with. Mm-hmm. And um, I thought, well, this is interesting. Me and my friends were reading this. And when it came to options, I saw so many people were trying to go to university and get a degree in performing arts. Um, And I thought, well, that's not the route. That doesn't guarantee you anything. It's about having a good agent. It's about networking. It's about sometimes knowing people and many, many auditions. Um, That will never go away if I wanted to do something like that. So I thought, well, get get yourself something that's useful. Get a psychology degree. And you could apply it to various things. Um, But then remembered that, well, actually, you know, that's where you could also do parapsychology. There are actually people out there researching some of the stuff you've had prior interest in at the library. Um, So I just sought out a university that I wanted to go to. I'd I'd looked at things like Edinburgh and Liverpool Hope University at the time, which is where, I guess, Steve, that's really where you started out when you were approaching universities for parapsychology. Um, Where else did I look at? Hertfordshire um, with Richard Wiseman. But I settled for Northampton, Northampton. I even looked at Coventry. They had a master's degree in parapsychology at the time, but Northampton mm. was just, it just felt right. Um, there was a big community there of people researching parapsychology and transpersonal psychology. Um, so I did my psychology degree and I essentially stuck with it.
4: You did. And I've got to, I've got to say here, um, I, I've known Cal since he was very small. Very, like, oh, oh dear. In fact, uh, weren't you still doing your, um, if I remember rightly, at Winchester Were you doing your foundation psychology course then?
0: No, no, that was my undergraduate. Ah. So you've known him a while. But you were still changing my (laughs) nappies.
4: Yeah,
2: Cal and I, I
4: I think I've known him since he was 12. (laughs) I still am if I shave.
2: (laughs) Now that we're going to see a picture. Cal and I have uh, <laughs>
4: have have actually had I've had the honour of working with Cal on a number of occasions, including co-authoring a book together, which mm-hmm. um, which you can buy. And uh, which Cal- one's that? Uh, the yellow one. Oh right. I've well, got that. I
0: know. I've got that. Yeah. I'm actually sat on a bed right now doing doing this interview, and it's just reminded me of your first comment on what you thought the cover looked like. Oh. <laughs>
2: Should it be said on air?
0: Yes. <laughs> Yes, why <laughs> you not, can say it, Steve?
4: I can't remember actually.
2: Oh, go on, Cal. Tell us. Tell us. His,
0: Steve designed the cover, essentially. I, I mean, he, you've seen his arm as well. He's got the Ghostbusters tattoo on his arm. Yeah. My only wish for the book, because I knew this was Steve's baby and his project, and he wanted to drive it forward. He wanted to get the book out like this. And so I probably got like a, a third of the say on what the, the cover would be like. So <laughs> color, I think was the only thing I was allowed to say. So yellow, let it be something that if it's on a shelf, it stands out and people go, ooh, what's that? But then when it came to the actual cover design, we've got this ghost and the initial ones, he had a really specific ghost in mind that he wanted. So it went through several changes as to how the ghost looked. It even looked like the traditional Casper ghost. So it had a very um, kind of bulbous head. <laughs> To start with, and um, I've got some of the early ones, and it actually grew and it became a bigger and bigger ghost. But I remember his comments on the initial one was, we can't use that. It looks like a teenager's bedsheet."
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, yeah. I remember <coughs> that one.
2: Excuse me. So uh,
0: it, it developed, and it is what it is. And it, it actually took a lot for the designer to get it where it was. So um,
2: I will never look at that cover again the same. <laughs>
0: well, yeah, it
4: reminds me that um, because... The first book that um, was uh, with the yellow cover, but we're we're uh, we're kind of committed. We've got to eventually settle down and do another one. Mm. We keep uh, we keep getting pestered and asked and reminded that uh, we have a, a commitment to do a second one at some point. But we've just
0: we'll get- how the ghost will change, so no. I guess it's same cover, well, same ghost, the same different colour, and the it? ghost is doing something different. Well, I yeah. fancy
4: blue for the next one.
0: Mm,
2: yeah,
0: I don't mind blue. Yeah.
2: <laughs> it depends on the colour, blue says it stands out.
0: Well. No, it, it can't be blue, it has to be blue! Yeah, <laughs> that yeah kind of, exactly. Yellow! Kind of <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely. <clears throat>
4: definitely. Here we are, I've just upset my uh, my delicate throat. Ha! <laughs> <clears throat> so I tell you what. <clears throat> <laughs> while, I, uh, while I have a coughing fit, I'm going to play yeah, some What
0: you need to do is suck on a fisherman's friend.
4: Yes, but meanwhile... We won't
2: go there. <laughs>
0: meanwhile, I'm going to play You've some... have done that before. Yeah.
2: I'm, oh! <laughs> <laughs> i want to play some music. I want to talk to this guy. <laughs> <clears throat> music break. There we go. Oh, what was that? Scary sounds? Yes, I
4: am just me eating a thro- was... throat sweet. <laughs> <laughs> You're yeah. listening to The West Files on Pure West Radio with Ronnie Ro- Ronnie and Steve. And, and Steve. our special guest tonight is a real-life uh, bottled parapsychologist, Dr. Dr. Callum Cooper from Northampton University. Uh, and it is right, isn't it? It its Dr. Doctor. Oh.
0: Uh- it, it is, right? I suppose you wouldn't say it in the UK. There are some parts of Europe where Germany, if you've got more than one, you d- do say yeah. it, you do double it up.
4: Yeah. In Germany, that's definitely the case.
0: Yeah, we had a guy that visited the university um, God, over 10 years ago now, but um, he has three PhDs and holds a... Um, Professorship status. So he gave me a certificate once for a um, kind of a series of lectures that we went to. So it was an attendance thing and it was signed Professor, Doctor, 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 and then a massive signature. Oh my goodness! (laughs) There
4: there is a man with an ego problem. Yeah, this (laughs) sounds like it, yeah. And of course in Sweden they have no doctor.
2: Mm. I'm going home.
4: So, go on, you've got some, I've got got you a
2: parapsychologist. You've got me a parapsychologist, yes. So, OK. You were full of questions a few weeks ago. I know, it's your own fault you started answering them.
0: Oh, you've gone all shy now. No, I don't go shy. That's
2: one thing I don't do. So, OK, you're a parapsychologist. You Is it study human emotions and, and effects that different situations have on them?
0: Um, yeah, I, I was asked this today... Um, it was um, I was doing an interview for the Independent because they wanted to know why uh, why do people believe in ghosts in the 21st century, and with that they wanted to figure out more about parapsychology. And I said, well, there's there's really three strands now to parapsychology. Um, one is um, the the traditional root parapsychology. You've got these claims and experiences, and we are interested in are these claims something new to learn? Are these experiences something new to learn? And we will go out and map what's called these experiences phenomenology. So they're, they're characteristics. Over Hang on
2: a minute. He's another one uses long words. Li-
0: well, the, it essentially means Phen- that the characteristics. What Phenomen- pe- if, if, oh, phenomenology, phenomenology. Phenomenology. I, I can I, say. I've phenomenology. Just, I've just
2: realised that uh,
4: on next month's show, we could have, a, we could have a, as our guest a phenomenologist. <sighs>
0: A psychical phenomenologist. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go back to me beer. You know
4: <laughs> because we have a mutual friend and acquaintance, don't we, who's a... Uh, a fellow doctor. A
0: fellow doctor and a psychical phenomenologist. A psychical phenomenologist.
2: He does this to me every time. He'll give me a word. I know you know I'm not going to say.
0: <laughs> He's making me think of Blackadder now. Let's just throw in other words like anisopaptic and contrafibularities. Yeah, Yeah.
2: okay, it's time let, to go let, back to... Let,
4: let's um, not, because uh, no. i only got an O-level in that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I haven't even so, got a GCSE in that. <laughs> right, so
0: <laughs> what were th- we talking about? Th- three strands, it. so parapsychology, yeah. investigating these experiences um, and the abilities, so we map their characteristics, what they're like in the real-world setting to learn more about them, and when we know more about them, then you can figure out a way of transferring them into the lab to try and control and test for them. Um, But with that, we are still interested in people's beliefs in various things, such as the paranormal, the afterlife, their levels of religiosity, how much they believe in their own religion that they follow, and things like that. Then you have anomalistic psychology. So people like Professor Chris French at Goldsmiths University, he's really pushed this particular strand, and it's where they really come from at Goldsmiths University, and it's more so... A stance where they're more keen to think that actually we've already got the answers to why people have these experiences. There's a lot of conventional psychological explanations and environmental ones that could account for it but they're still interested now and then in testing these claims in the lab but they're more kind of like 80% let's look at the belief systems, let's look at the emotions, let's look at all these other things that could make someone think that that they're having an unusual experience. And then the third strand would be clinical parapsychology. So regardless of whether this is something new to learn or not, someone sees an apparition of their deceased grandfather, well, let's not question that claim. Let's take it as read that they have seen him. How did it affect you? Why did you have it? How did that have an impact on your bereavement? Does it make you feel better? So it's looking at the health implications of people having these experiences. So parapsychology, anomalistic psychology, And clinical parapsychology.
2: This is because you just answered what I was going to say because there are obviously different sections Mm -hmm. and you know you just explain them so do you get many you say say about it going back into the lab you know it sounds a bit like you know Dr. Frankenstein sort of thing (laughs) Um, you know so how do you test somebody in the lab
0: as such? It depends. Um, give, give me an instance. Give me some sort of experience or ability that you want testing.
4: Uh, Poltergeist. Yeah. Poltergeist <laughs> manifestation. Um, throwing objects about, apporting water, puddles of water appearing, small fires starting. Well, that,
0: Come on, something that I can actually take and put inside the lab. Exactly. (laughs) However, you see,
4: therein lies the problem that um, psychical research has with parapsychology, because this notion that you can take everything back to the lab. I don't think everyone thinks you can take everything. Who says that? um, A lot of parapsychologists think that they can. Right. Can Can you finger point uh, not on air, <laughs> and you know that I have finger-pointed on a number of occasions
0: off-air. Uh, <laughs> you yeah, I've seen that finger.
4: <laughs> but, but we have to make this very clear distinction that, that we cannot take a lot of uh, all spontaneous phenomena into the laboratory in order to poke it, prod it and try and understand it. Sure. And we, we really have to take the, the, the lab or the science into the field where these activities and events are reported um because i think studying it in in the natural environment we could i would give you an, an analogy we can understand a great deal from looking at a tiger locked up in a cage but we can learn a great deal more by looking at the tiger in its native environment yeah and so yeah i mean this idea of just taking stuff into a laboratory um and trying to replicate and, and recreate it and i i give you one example of where that falls flat and It's one that you talked about earlier down at Goldsmiths with their uh, great experiment called the Haunt Project where they set about trying to recreate a haunted house um, Mm. environment using um, some of the... uh, They were using uh, very low-frequency sound and they were using electromagnetic field generators in order to test the idea that these environmental factors which exist within homes and and workplaces and were in some way responsible for creating paranormal like experiences for some individuals and um, it didn't transfer well to the laboratory uh, because they couldn't fully factor in all of the variables that, that need to be considered in the real world
0: yeah so. I mean, it's like that with some other things as well. They just don't transfer over. And other times you're just looking at a replication and the, well, That's not good enough. It's not the original instance. I mean, we get the students every year to uh, for a seminar a review an article by Susan Blackmore on alien abduction experiences. And it's, it's an article from the new scientist that was done in, in 1994 um, when there was all the hype for the X-Files. And it, it's to try and get the students to be critical of the writer and the evidence that they put forward. And um, the whole premise of the article was based on the fact that she'd been to Michael Persinger's lab and tried on a God helmet. Mm. And, and so this is stimulating um, the frontal lobes and giving her this out-of-body sensation that many people um, talk about when they're having an abduction-type experience. And she was talking about all these things she could relate to that and the out-of-body experience. And the students even bring it up, which is what we're trying to get at with them, that, well, this doesn't relate very well because, you know, we could say it has a relationship to temporal lobe epilepsy. But does that mean you're making the gross assumption that everyone that reports an alien abduction experience is an undiagnosed um, person that has temporal lobe epilepsy? <laughs> that, that can't be the case for all of them. And then what about people that claim they've come back with certain scars or things implanted under their skin, which have in some few cases that has happened. That can't all be explained by going into Michael Persinger's lab and putting on a god helmet. You've come close to saying, well, there's the potential for this kind of brain activity causing the illusion of it. The same as sleep paralysis as well, when people are in bed and um, their body has gone into this kind of lockdown during sleep, but you've woken up during it. And so you've you've, um, experienced your own body's paralysis but it 's being confused with the dream state as well, so this is why people feel they 're being pushed down or they 're held down on an operating table, and there 's un- unusual I've figures around them you 've experienced that mm. it 's it's, it's very, very common um, sleep paralysis, and it, it also depends on uh, depending on uh, what people are familiar with, what they engage with in terms of literature and TV. Some people have associated this with aliens, other people have associated it with poltergeist activity, and and that's why it goes all the way back to the film The Entity as well. Um, Questions of in those kinds of states where people think that they've woken up and they've been interfered with by a ghost but they couldn't see anything, well, is it just an experience of sleep paralysis? And that's the more conventional explanation we've most certainly turn to, unless um, well, there were additional fact, features.
4: In, fact, in actual fact, I would, say, I would argue that in, in many respects in the last 20 years, we have slipped back to uh, the Dark Ages, the medieval era, because back then anything that we really didn't understand, for example, sleep paralysis and uh, other natural phenomena, were, always, we're often attributed to devils and demons. Mm-hmm. And then we went through the Age of Enlightenment and science and uh, the Renaissance and all these other cool things. Uh, but in terms of the paranormal, it's like the Renaissance didn't happen because if you switch on any of these television programs now, you'll see you know, famous American and uh, British copycat ghost hunters blaming everything on demons. Mm. something gets thrown across it's a demon something gets touched it's a demon somebody can't move I am held down by a demon
0: well that's just a complete abuse of Occam's razor (laughs) (laughs) I think they need the rusty razor award to be honest (laughs)
4: yeah but I mean it, it, it is I mean it's a tempting proposition for people who are prone to paranormal beliefs to because it's a simple explanation isn't it the idea of right you In order to understand your experience, you now have to understand some quite complex uh, psychophysiological factors. Or it could be a demon. (laughs) 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 You know, it's... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's it is an appealing out isn't it you know like, oh I was affected by a demon and of course these ideas are then reinforced by what they're seeing on social media um when they see the local ghost burster group you know out wandering around a haunted cemetery with their gadgets and gizmos um each night on facebook live mm. um
0: It sounds like a complete cop-out, though, if they do that. I mean, it's like saying, oh, the the only reason, you know, the the reason the paintings keep falling off your house... ...is because because there's, you know, there's a main road outside your house. A lot of lorries go by. The the structure of the house, you know, is very unstable. There's loads of vibrations. Or it could just be psychokinesis. It's demons. (laughs) It's not really (laughs) the best way to look at it. But, But,
4: I mean, that's the era in which we live. I mean, my Facebook feed... Uh, of an evening is absolutely inundated with paranormal groups, you know even how here in remotest West Wales, where we can't even buy a plug or a birthday card, there mm. are paranormal teams as we speak wandering around old buildings and graveyards uh with the looking for demons, and everything's demonic every you know every squeak rattle bump shadow shape. Squirrel running up a tree, foxes rutting in the bushes. It's demonic. Mm. Why
2: has it gone to the sort of gone back
4: to that? Ask the psychologist.
2: I'll ask both of you. How's think, that?
0: Because <laughs> people are mad, basically. Mm. Uh, I think. That, I mean, that, go on. Well, I, I find it weird when people. I mean, Steve and I have both been in situations either together or separately when we've challenged people that do this and and talk about well, what is the end game? What are you trying to get out of it? Because you know if you you call yourself an investigator and that what you're doing serious research but it doesn't go anywhere nor does it look like you're doing anything that has any kind of structured method so every time you go out and do it you're doing it in the same way to make sure that you're careful and cautious in the way that you collect data about something but there's none of that it's all this excitement of just more or less copying what you've seen on TV so there's a big thrill-seeking element to it and uh, various other things going on like that. And I, I guess also a bit of an ego trip with the status of, well, if I get this on the Internet, then people will be clicking like and they'll be you know, saying nice things about me and, oh, I, I wish I could do what you did and, and stuff like that. As, as though, you know, it's their full-time work and they've got this special job. I mean, I I'm really pleased that I'm in the position that I am where this is my full-time job, but we don't do anything like that. It, it, that's not how we go about doing that at all.
2: So you don't go out into sort of graveyards and shout for demons. No, <laughs> <laughs> Not unless Steve's holding my hand. <laughs> <laughs> don't be silly. He'd be running the other way. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> go
4: on. Do you want to? Do you want to explain, uh, to Cal? I never run. I never run away. No, no, that's no true. he doesn't. He I, hops. Don't,
2: I don't jump. I don't scare. I don't run away. No. <laughs> he just stand there I've been and say doing come... it too long. i mean he just say come, come and get me demon let's see what you can do yeah yeah <laughs> because because and the reason i would do that and would
4: always because running away from an experience if it happens would be kind of like a fisherman running away from a fish
2: yeah it would mm. it would Total make opposite. no sense no. at all
4: because the entire reason that i've spent my adult life trying to explore and understand these phenomena is because I want to know what they are yeah I want to experience them and to understand them and to come to terms with what their reality is, if there is a reality yeah I mean I you know, it started for me as a kid you know I wanted desperately to see a ghost hmm. um, I still want to see a ghost I want to see a ghost more than you know, so. I'm not going to run away no um and i but you don't need all of this equipment this these bizarre boxes that that they sell with flashing lights on that that really give you no inkling and no idea they they provide you with no data they provide you with no information they are just marketing essentially mm-hmm. but i mean do does do parapsychologists i mean do they encounter many ghost hunters? I mean, do you get them rocking up at the door at, at Northampton and saying, Oh, I've got this really amazing bit of evidence and I want you to study it?
0: No, I mean, what we do get now and then, I've just been dealing with one today and yesterday with the various emails that we get. I will get a lot of people that come forward saying that they've been having visions ever since they were a child and they've lived their lives as a psychic and, you know, and I want to tell you this and I've got a vision about Prince Harry going to do this and. All kinds of things, and a lot of them will be based in the States as well, but they've just reached out, just Googling and trying to look for parapsychologists. And I say, well, it's all very well you're telling me all these things, but what do you want out of you telling me this? Um, And sometimes it's, well, I just want to understand it further. And um, in that instance, I can't do anything because I'm over here, but I said, look, these are the places you can go to in the States, you know, places like the Rhine Research Center Mm -hmm. and places like that. Uh, where they have got on-site labs for testing these kinds of things. And if you've had these experiences all this time and only now are you coming forward saying you want something done about it, well, then, if you're comfortable, go there. You've got then all the access to the literature, you can relate to other people's experiences, and you can put your your claims to the test to see if truly you, you have got some sort of sciability. But with Ghost Hunters... Um, no, we don't get them coming to come into the uni. If anything, if they encounter me and then they realize what I do for a living, they change what they're saying or they run scared. So <laughs> I, I, have, I have encountered some that are going about calling themselves a parapsychologist or a diploma in parapsychology. If it's on social media and they realize who I am, quickly their status has changed or information about their educational background from these very suspicious colleges and online universities suddenly disappear never to be used again if they want to remain as some sort of contact link with me.
4: I always um, find as well that they, what they're really seeking often is validation because yes. they come up and they'll say, um, I've got this amazing photograph, can you have a look at it? Now, you're, it puts you in a very difficult position because if you say, yes, I can explain it, it is a perfectly normal anomaly caused by some aspect of the camera or your method... They'll argue with you and say that their friend the psychic said, no, it was an orb and it represented a demon. <clears throat> if you shrug your shoulders and say, I don't know, then what they say is, well, it, even the expert can't
0: explain it. Yeah.
4: Because so you what, can't win either way. No, you, you are an absolute hiding
0: to nowhere. Uh, it creates all kinds of arguments. The, the, the last argument I saw was I put um, a rest in peace James Randi post on my Facebook and um, there was a lot of discussion below. And then one guy just went on absolute tangent. And he was <laughs> talking about how parapsychology is in a far worse position today than it was 30 years ago. And then in the next comment, he was then saying... But actually, it's in a better position. I couldn't figure out whether he was saying it was in a worse or better. It was like he was having a moment. And and so I explained, well, I disagree with you, and I can back it up with evidence. We're in a very strong position now. We've got a a lot of compelling evidence from meta-analyses, which are studies where you get all kind of um, studies that have been done on one particular thing, say telepathy, in the lab. And all the studies that failed and all the ones that are a success and you put them all together and the, the Study tells you what's the overall success rate. So we've done that with various topics in parapsychology There's a good effect there. It's comparable to most psychology, if not better than some other areas of psychology We've got really good methods in place Parapsychology put a lot of good methods in place that other psychology areas have adopted and I explained this all to him and um, i forgot what his last comment was, but it was more so something like, if you believe that and any of your colleagues do, you're a fool, and then just deleted me.
4: <laughs> I suppose <laughs> I mean, his last comment would logically be, wibble, wibble, wibble.
0: Yeah, wibble, <laughs> wibble, wibble. I mean, I think I put in the end, well, you know, uh, now you can't see my comments because you've removed me. I, I'll, I'll end on two points. <laughs> One is, I don't know what it was you were getting at, but I'm sure you understood what it was. So, you know, uh, I'll, I'll leave you with that and, and bless you for, you know... Um, engaging with me and having a bit of a chat i enjoyed it but i don't know what it was about and my, my second point is rest in peace james andy do
4: you know what you should have put you should I'm have put. To... and yes ghosts are real
0: <laughs> <laughs>
4: because you can't read this
0: <laughs> you've gone off on a tangent now i will let's talk about ghosts
4: yeah well no let's let's continue uh, because some of your work, in, in, I would describe as bizarre and esoteric, um, like floating around in a bowl of soup, mm-hmm. um, which, you've <laughs> been, which you've spent, I think, is it almost the past, is it 18
0: months doing? Um, longer. We started that. It's flown by so quickly. We started that in 2016. Blimey. Yeah. Hang
2: on, Well, rewind. Floating around in a bowl of soup?
0: <laughs> it's a human gravy oh. <laughs> uh, Flotation tanks and They're, ah. they're cle- cleaner than people would think But uh, right now we're, Obviously due to present circumstances We're very limited in what we can and can't do with them
4: Put goldfish
0: in it Yeah, <laughs> That'll kill them off quickly yeah.
2: <laughs> Koi carp
0: <laughs> That's it, yeah.
2: Turn it into something you know, yeah. A nice decorative
0: future
4: I'd love
2: to have done. Done a flotation tank
0: Well this
4: is the man He spent how many <laughs> hours bobbing about in one of these things
0: Oh, many hours now. Can um, I ask
2: why? Well, it
0: was. Turns I liked, like clean anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I love being in water. Uh, I suppose that's the best way to start this explanation. I love being in water. If if I could have a bath every morning and every evening, I would do. But I start with a shower and I end with a bath most days. But <laughs> I, I could stay in the bath for hours. Uh, I read in the bath. I just shut my eyes and relax in the bath. I'm not a meditator. I don't follow any religion. But if there's one thing that really helps my mind, kind of just clear things and clear writer's block is when I go to the gym and go for a swim or, or sit in the jacuzzi and just listen to the bubbles. Um, I just love being in and around water. It calms me down.
2: You're not an Aquarian, uh, are you? Uh,
0: <laughs> I don't know. No. <laughs> Maybe I, uh, I don't
2: know. So you're, My star
0: sign Scorpio. That's a water sign. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, that? So you
2: spent all this time. For what reason are you spending all these hours in a flotation tank?
0: Well, because um, when I went to conferences for the Society for Psychical Research and parapsychology-related ones, whenever we'd be outside of a lecture, just discussing things, um, we some people now and then would chat about, oh, you know, you should get a flotation tank at the university. Ha ha ha! And there were laughs about that because many universities have had Gansfeld suites, so they're called. They're, they're a big metal container within the lab space, and they're soundproof rooms. You shut the door, and it's all usually black walls and and ceiling, and it's um, got a reclining chair in it, and this is used for sensory deprivation. You lie in the chair, you've got eye shields on, and a red light beaming down, and you look through the eye shields, and it's just a pink haze. It's like being lay on a beach with your eyes oh, closed. Oh, it sounds like heaven. Oh, it, it, it's, it's very calming, because it's warm, and you're comfortable in the chair, and the idea is, while you're there and listening to white noise, which is uh, reduced in its hiss, so it's, you block it out after a minute, you can't hear it. Um, most of the time people don't report hearing it, it turns into other things voices, conversations, things like that, and then visions start to come forward, so that's one way of inducing potentially psychic imagery essentially, and loads of studies have been done on this since the mid-1970s, but a flotation tank will offer the same thing, but with um, a lot less restrictions, so the problem with the chair is you're wearing your clothes, it's an unusual environment, when people go in the tank, yes, it is an unusual environment, but you're typically naked when you're in there. Um, you gain a quicker sense of the loss of the body because you have this instant floating. At this 50%, or about 53% Epsom salt within the water, uh, so magnesium sulfate. So it doesn't matter what size, weight, shape you are, what position you lie in, you are not going to sink. And the water is blood temperature as well, so you don't feel hot in there, you don't feel cold, you just realize you're in there. And so this is why a lot of people in it believe they're having a, a rebirthing experience. They believe they're in the womb and they have this instant out-of-body kind of sensation as well because you you are essentially floating in, in the water um, but where you don't have to even put any effort into it. You're just floating. And so we thought, well, people have hallucinatory experiences within the tank. Let's put it to the test finally. Let's do a lab-based test on this like the Gansfeld because there'd only ever been one pilot study on it and it was very short and very crude And we thought, well, there are so many commercial centres now. Let's use them. And if we get enough interest, we might get funded to actually buy a tank because there are now portable ones that you can put up when you want and take down when you want. So that's why we're doing it.
2: Ah. Yeah. That sounds uh, like like my kind of heaven, actually. If anybody
4: wanted to become a parapsychologist, or God forbid, (laughs) um, how would they go about doing it? I mean, can they just... I think that's a really cool profession i'd like to write to columbia university and um be a parapsychologist uh, uh,
0: i suppose a lot of people did actually start off by writing to people and i suppose that's a good start if you're doing some reading if you've gone and got some of the the textbooks online and things like that you've ordered your book or gone into a good bookshop and find these things reading is the most important thing another one is reaching out to to people like you and i and, and many others and and Understanding their experiences and their background and their advice and suggestions on it. I did that um, but There are different options really if you want this as a sort of a career get a good grounding in something else either by a Psychology degree a physics degree anthropology you name it get something like that because there is no undergraduate degree in this No matter what you find online. It doesn't exist. There is no such thing as an undergraduate degree in parapsychology um, so get a grounding in that most people When they want it to be through the academic route, they do a research degree, so that's typically a PhD, Um, and they pick a topic, a question, like one of my own PhD students right now, he's looking at diet and PSI, so depending on people's diets, how does this impact on people's experiences of, of PSI or abilities? Um, other ones are looking at near-death experiences, some are looking at um, encounters with mediums. So you can essentially pick your topic. Some universities even get some funding and offer one out, and you can go for interview and um, get interviewed to do a PhD that's based in parapsychology. So that's what you could do. But if you don't want to become an academic, if you don't want to go down that route, uh, another way is not really something that would grant you or people would accept the title of parapsychology per se, but just read a lot. Become members of the groups like the the SPR and other ones. And just read. Keep reading, engaging with the literature, looking at what's out there and, and seeing what the authorities have done because there's a lot of history already set. And keep up to date with what's going on now and um, get involved. That's the main thing.
4: Here we are. So just do it, basically.
0: Mm. <gasps> um, Don't it. cheat yourself, though. Don't go online and get these, these <laughs> odd certificates. There's, there's like two or three <coughs> places that are delivered by parapsychologists that are more so a a bit of a continued professional development just a sort of right here's the inside of you this is what it's like here's a a bit of a taster course but it's it's not an undergraduate degree it's not a master's degree it's just a sort of an attendance thing you've been and you've sat through some online lectures um everything else is university-based and you've got to go through that
2: there we are so Mm -hmm. do you want to be a parapsychologist no but i want to go in the flotation tank
0: Oh, this is the man well next year when hopefully things die down with the current situation we've got our own tank and we will be asking out for participants so mm-hmm. if ever you wanted to visit the campus look around and have a float as well you're more than welcome
2: sounds like heaven to me <laughs> <laughs> just, just being complete. so many images
4: no don't see <laughs> you gone. want to sleep tonight yeah, okay yeah,
2: no no. no. <laughs> there's no demon involved <laughs> And of course, I mean,
4: you know, we're just going to sort of wind it back, because we are coming towards the end of the hour, and uh, the, I mean, the question...
0: Oh, is, let's go on for another hour, that'd be nice.
4: Uh, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> because then I'd start ranting about um, my... Yes, my, he's,
2: he's controlled at the moment. i am been very controlled, because... You uh, have been, actually.
4: As as, as, as your work out workout uh, as a psychical researcher, member of the SPR and blah, 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 all that sort of stuff, and permanently under pressure to complete my own PhD <laughs> yes. by, by Cal. Yeah. Oh, and thank you so much for the, um, if I haven't got enough work to do today, to uh, send the, uh, to refer me f- uh, for an orb article for a journal. Oh, yeah. 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 I had nothing better to do with my life. Than to uh, knock out another three thousand words. I'm assuming
0: someone got in touch with you. I don't remember asking you that, but I was on the verge of asking you. I'm guessing someone reached out to you. Yes. Yeah.
4: Um, <laughs> it was it was in a dreamlike state while I was in the while I was in the bath. <laughs> um, Best place. <laughs> but there are, I mean, there are incredible differences, and parapsychologists are some. Uh, there are a group of individuals that we work with. We work <gasps> alongside as psychical researchers. And we don't always see eye-to-eye eye with them, um, particularly over issues relating to haunted houses, haunted environments, uh, what are what, what termed spontaneous cases. And yeah. they're spontaneous because you have no control over yeah. when they're going to happen. Um, and there are a number of uh, psychologists, anomalistic psychologists mainly, who, as you, you said earlier, believe it's mostly all of the mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I've got to say, in fairness, Cal is—he's been in a few haunted houses down the years, mm. and um, he's not so bad. But <laughs> as he said, as he said, <laughs> he's oh, a
0: good lad. He's a good, a good lad. <laughs> but
4: as he good. also said rightly, that there are very few parapsychologists who will tempt themselves out of the ivory towers. We've offered on a number of occasions at conferences to take uh, parapsychologists into the the haunted environment to see let them see for themselves that the the situation that we face trying to unravel a person's claim that their house is haunted and that something unusual is taking place and they're finding it disruptive and frightening and scary
2: and all the other bits that go with it yeah
4: yeah so so
2: why why do they decide not
0: to i think a lot of them um... why do they decide not to there's a lot that don't favour what's called the three strands to parapsychology, and that's studying ESP, extrasensory perception, telepathy, precognition, clairvoyance, PK, psychokinesis, the metal bending, influencing things with your mind, and then survival. And so anything that suggests the mind surviving out of the body or beyond death, there's a lot that aren't really interested in that. They're only really interested in ESP and PK. And because survival is more of a traditional thing that's grown out of psychical research. And so they would sooner favor the idea that if you're having an experience like that, that suggests survival of the mind, it might just be caused by ESP. say might be, that's still making quite a bold statement, but <laughs> um, it, it's caused by ESP. It's more of an illusion of interacting with the dead and things like that. But I started out with that. That was, as I mentioned, reading those books, I started out with learning about Harry Price. So that's, I've grown from that, and so that will never go away from me. I'm still interested in it. Mm-hmm. I would never shy away from writing papers on hauntings or apparitions. I'm still very much involved with it because most of my work is on bereavement and people having these experiences. Uh, and so I'm I'm still dabbling a lot with claims of poltergeist phenomena and apparitions. And within that, some really compelling cases that go beyond um, one-to-one encounters where you think, well... Is that misperception and grief playing on things? But, you know, the gas man's come to read the meter and he sees something too. He's not involved in the bereavement, so why would he see the apparition? So that's why I'm still very much interested and I wouldn't shy away from from going to uh, an alleged haunted property and checking it out.
4: And it's refreshing to see because um, I I, I once asked um, the American parapsychologist and acquaintance of ours, Lloyd Auerbach, a similar question. Um, about you know whether whether parapsychologists should be are they are they the right people to um, investigate haunted haunted houses, and uh, his response was is, uh, is one I've quoted many times. Mm. No, because mm. they lack the social skills. <laughs> 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 was, was his short answer. Cal, uh, we're, we're running out of time, so. Um, Thank you very much. I hope that Ronnie, do you now understand a little more about what parapsychology Yes, are? I do.
2: But the trouble is I just want to know a bit more again now. <laughs> well we'll oh. we'll
4: have to get Kel
0: back. Yes. Absolutely.
4: There we are. We'll have Kel I'm back at a future date while you yes. compose a list
0: of questions. Oh
2: don't worry, I will.
0: Because Thanks by the way for mentioning paracoustics so that getting a book out there. I mean, Yes that, and that, and that, yes.
4: let's also let's also quickly you have about thirty seconds to mention telephone calls from the dead.
0: Oh that that needs and that, that needs rebranding. that needs to come out as a Kindle, and it will do very soon. The latest thing that I've worked on, I've, I've got some books on ghosts out, one with Alex Tanis called Conversations with Ghosts. Um, but the latest thing that I've worked on, I've done the forward for a book that's very important right now about how all this information that we've just talked about, how does it get out there to the public and on the Internet, and are there any kind of problems with people not wanting this information to get out there. So Craig um, Wheeler has done a second edition of his book, Sci Wars, and it's about issues with Wikipedia and TED Talks and the James Randi Million Dollar Prize. So that's very important this week, especially with the the passing of James Randi. So if people want to learn more about some of those controversies, check out that book. You'll find them on places like Amazon. How
4: can people um, find your books? I presume... Straight on to Amazon?
0: You can go through Amazon, but also you could check out my website first, which is all the W's, CallumECooper.com. That's my author name. It's got my middle initial in there, CallumECooper.com. Callum e.
4: CallumECooper.com. And Cal, thanks very much. Thank and, you. And uh, check's in the post.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, look out for that. With a demon. Talk to you soon.
0: <laughs> Good night, Thank Good you night. very much. Take Good care, night. guys. Bye. Bye.